Welcome back to another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessel. I just got Jeff Julik, who is, oh my gosh, he's here this time. I found He does studio. exist. <laughs> I thought you were just some kind of AI I was talking to the Absolutely. entire time. It was crazy, but no, he's in studio here. Uh, we're going to spend a whole hour talking Big Ten and Boilermaker hoops here. Uh, Boilers uh, coming off a uh, nice win over Iowa. We won't talk about the Friday loss too much against Northwestern. I know it just makes you upset, but uh, the reaction uh, that you got, um, you know, the answer in the call on Monday against Iowa was certainly uh, what you needed to see out of this team, Jeff. I mean, they look very impressive. They could have won that game by like 30, 40 if they wanted to uh, against Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and you, know, you do go back to Friday night because even in that game that they played, you know, from a shooting standpoint, was not up to the Purdue standard. And, you know, this team is just focused, and they came out Monday night. And, uh, you know, I love Sam King's comment that the game was over when uh, Purdue lost to Northwestern on uh, on Friday night because there was no way I was going to win that game. And, uh, you know, they were up by 36 points in the in the uh, second half. And as you said, you know, they got a lot of playing time for the players who haven't had uh, all that many minutes, and uh, they cruised to that, uh, what, 18-point victory. But uh, just a impressive performance by the Boilermakers, especially against the press because, you know, Fran McCafferty decided that, you know, he was going to pull out his old bag of tricks and go to the press that we've seen give Purdue all kind of fits dating all the way back to the uh, Rick Mount bobblehead night. And, you know, this too team, soon, too soon. I know. And this team came out and they just, I think it may have been the most impressive performance against the press that I've seen by a Boilermaker basketball Lance Jones. Oh, it's, it's Lance Jones. Yeah. That's... Because you now have two players. You've got Braden Smith who can do it. And then you've got Lance Jones who, was just phenomenal, and so, and I like the fact that they made Iowa pay many times for pressing because that seems we've seen Purdue break the press in the past and then go into their kind of half, hold it half out half there, just wait to set up the with, half court, yeah, with 19 seconds left, and you end up rushing a shot. Well, you know they were making they were making Iowa pay for pressing them, and eventually they backed off, and you know they they had no answer for what the Boilermakers had that night. Yeah, that was uh, you know I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent after a tweet, and I talked about you know. The, the need for Braden Smith to, you know, hold on to the bat, not turn the basketball over. Not that he's super turnover prone to begin with, but that's the most important thing that, you know, uh, that should be priority number one on a team that turns the ball over with like 12, 13 times a game. But uh, that was one of those things where you see him go from a 3-4 a game turnover guy down to a 2-3 kind of guy. Like one of the big things, the areas, teams can't all of a sudden press anymore. That's, you know, he was giving up probably a turnover a game just on – you know, getting pressed last year. You take that out of the repertoire, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's that, that's going to help. And, yeah, uh, Purdue, very good. Was it eight turnovers in that game against uh, Iowa? They were great. Um, you know, shot the ball well, 52% uh, from the field, held Iowa to 38%. That may be the stat that I was the most impressed about here, uh, Jeff, is, look, we, we know that Iowa does not play defense. We know they're not good. Uh, certainly, Iowa State figured out they don't play defense very well last yeah. night. But, um we knew we, we, we knew that they could score. That's the one thing that we knew about Iowa. Uh, they didn't do a very good job shooting that basketball on Monday in Mackey Arena, and a lot of that, again, has to do with the defense of Purdue. I think that was a lost stat in this game uh, when we went back and recapped it in the following days. Yeah, that's a great point because Purdue's defense was fantastic, and you also saw something that that it probably is as close as you ever see Matt Painter play in the zone Zach Eady was playing a one-man zone. He was just above the arch, 
you know, the, the restrictor. Well, he can cover the three and he can cover and, the two, yeah, whichever exactly. way you want to go. When, you when, do two, when one, two, whatever you want to do. Yeah, when he does the wingspan, he's got the entire lane blocked. And, you know, what a force to have inside to have a one-man zone uh, with the, uh, you know, you've heard the, uh, what, a box and one? I think it was a uh, one and, and four. was looked like that's it to a, me. Because that's it a was Canuck and one is what that Canuck is. Canuck and one, thank you. So, yeah, but it was uh, a pr- impressive performance by a high-scoring Iowa team that got shut down by the Boilermakers. And going back to Braden Smith, I mean, didn't score a lot of points, but, you know, Jared, you know, what do you have, six they, rebounds? They don't need him to. That was my big point this week. Everybody was talking about how great the triple-double was. You know, how he's uh, really is a top 25-point guard and stuff and how he's one of the best in the Big Ten. And he is, but uh, that's that box, uh, that little graphic that uh, Chris Foreman put up, which, which is great. Look, I'm not taking anything away from the skills of him, uh, but Purdue to win does not need him to score the 11 to 15 points. They do not need his 6 to 10 rebounds or whatever it is. They need those 6-7 uh, assists. And uh, they need him to not turn the ball over more than three times. That's what they that that's the most important thing. It's great that he's been amazing shooting the basketball and adding those in. I guess my point here is they don't need him to contribute those points. It's nice to get them, but that's not what they need necessarily. They can win without those points from Braden Smith. And that's absolutely true. And what you're seeing is different attempts to try to slow down Zach Eady. And there are times when Braden is left open and he takes those shots and he makes them. And that's, he should, when, yeah. that's when he's going to have the 14, 16 points a game. But the other night, Iowa did not take that tactic. So, you know, he didn't force his shots. He got his assist and he opened it up for other players. You know, you know, you had five players in double figures the other night. So that just an impressive performance. And that's what this Boilermaker team needs to do. They have to hit the open shots that are given to them based upon how that team is elected to defend Zach Eady. Ah, there's the old football adage. Take what the defense gives you, right? Exactly, and it's never more true with this Purdue basketball team. Yeah, uh, and I 100% agree with you there. Uh, You go back to Friday night in in that loss uh, against Northwestern, a lot of fans with uh, a little bit of a meltdown there, too. I I get it. Uh, You think this team is really, really good because they are. Uh, They have a misstep. I, I don't know why some people got so upset because... This team was not going to go undefeated all the way through. You know, it just it doesn't happen. They're going to have some missteps. It's going to happen on the road when you get everybody's absolute best shot with their home crowd. Turns out, Jeff, Northwest is actually not that bad of a basketball team. Boo Booey is probably the best guard in the Big Ten. Um, and also, you can't turn the ball over 16 times. That's the, And not only that, Jeff, if you're not generating any turnovers of your own, that's uh, that's the problem. That was the game right there. Um, do I think they're a better basketball team than Northwestern? Yeah, I do. But on that night, the way that they played, you got to give it up to Boo Booey because, again, he took that game over. He's one of the best in the Big Ten, if not the best in the Big Ten. And sometimes there's just not much you can do about things like that. And, Jared, you go back to these these losses Purdue's had as number one in the country, and there's one common denominator, and that is— 15 to 16 turnovers in, in well, all of those? let's make two two then. But the one I was going to point out is it's taken a superhuman performance by a player. The Ron Harper Juniors, you know, the Boo Booies, that's how Purdue has been beaten. You know, what do you go for, 30-some points? And, and you know, that, that is what it takes. And, you know, Purdue had, a cha- Purdue had control of that game in overtime, and they had four consecutive turnovers. You know, you don't turn the ball over four straight times in overtime, and you win that game. And, yeah. and we're not even discussing that. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully that that is something that they learned, and, and I really liked how they reacted to it. I mean, you know, they moved on from that game, and they came back against Iowa, and this is a very mature team that maybe his last year team might have been sulking a little bit about losing that game. But, 
you know, I'll tell you what, you got two great games coming up here. You got you know the trip to to Canada to take on Alabama tomorrow, and then you got the big game against number one next week against Arizona. So you know, you win those two games, and all is right with the world again for the holidays. You know, I saw a graphic earlier this week. Shout out! It was Cobra Stats had this up, which is a great account to follow. But uh, it was how far the plane ride is to, you know, how did the distance to Toronto versus everywhere else in the Big Ten footprint? I probably could have guessed Minnesota and Toronto are almost equidistant. It was like a couple of miles between the, two, you know, between the two from West Lafayette. I did not have on my bingo card that it was only, it might have been like less than about twenty miles or so difference. Trip to Penn State versus a trip to Toronto. Really? I don't know. I I, I, I couldn't. I I had to wrap my head around that one. Like really. I kept on racking my brain over that stuff, and I'm just because you know I've made those. I I I have taken the drive through Ohio, the little tip of West Virginia, into Pittsburgh, and then you know out to State College, which is like a whole different. That's a whole different drive in its yeah. in its own. <laughs> and that right, and I was trying to wrap my head around that, but that was the cool thing about getting out there, playing in Toronto. You know, we're a lot of people still ask why are we playing in Toronto to do this Alabama. Uh, well, you know, some people would like to get some work in here and maybe cash a check or two while yeah, exactly. they're back in their homelands uh, and able to do that because this is the NIL world that we live in. So that's why we are are doing that. Maybe we're going to, I don't know, maybe we're checking out a Maple Leafs game while we're up. I don't know what else is going on. But, uh, yeah, that's why we're doing it. But uh, you hope to catch an Alabama team that uh, I haven't really been playing up the snuff here or early on here. They've had uh, some issues at times. Uh, but you would hope that uh, Purdue's able to go in here, get another Ken Palm, to- uh, Ken Palm Top 50 win, which, by the way, that is a quad one loss to uh, Northwestern. People tend to forget that. That's a quad one loss. Still doing quite all right uh, with this non-conference schedule uh, still in play here. You're going to be fine if you're the Purdue Boilermakers. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, let's not freak out about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Alan Karpik is set to join us next from goldandblack.com. You don't want to miss out on that here. It's uh, the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. Boiler Basketball Show continues. It's 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Justelatis. That is Jeff Julik over there. And over the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. And Alan Karpik, the head man behind goldandblack.com, is on with us. Tremendous sight. Keeps you in the loop on everything Purdue Athletics. And it also makes a great gift as a subscription. Uh, they do have free stuff, but the subscription stuff is just fantastic. Gets you access to all the message boards and stuff, too. If you got a Boilermaker fan in your life, pick up subscription. Alan's very easy to gift a subscription at goldenblack.com this time of year, right? It is easy as long as you have access to the Internet. You're good. So, uh, no, we, we, it's easy to do that. And really a good story today by Mike Carmen on Julia Eady, which uh, uh, a very comprehensive look at how she's, what her thought process has been and, and how things have worked with some things I haven't seen before. I mean, Julia's gotten a lot of fair amount of the media attention, but uh, uh, she had some interesting things to say to Mike today uh, about her relationship with Zach and Sushi and, and Toronto and just about everything else. All right, so make sure you sign up for those. And I mean, that's that's the fun stuff. Then there's everything Tom's bringing in with the portal, and we got signing day coming up on the 20th, which I know you want to be on top of as well. Uh, Brian's uh, post-game wrap-up videos are always fantastic. I mean, I, I love the content, so make sure you're checking it out. All right, Alan, uh, Purdue setting uh, – I mean, Julie Eady does not have to go far this, uh, this week to uh, go and enjoy her uh, son and the Boilermakers as they head uh, north of the border up to Toronto, eh? And uh, they'll get themselves some Tim Hortons and a uh, nice helping of a top 25 team in Alabama. 
Um, I think a lot of fans were kind of shocked uh, that they would go and play this game in Toronto. But, I mean, there is a reason we're playing this in Toronto, right, Alan? There is. Um, and uh, for our offline discussion, which I won't go into, but I do think it's the wonderful world of NIL. And uh, the fact that Zach Eady and, and, of course, Alabama had a, had a center also that was no longer with them, but uh, – uh, but from Ontario as well, that it allows them to do some things to, and it's a homecoming for Zach Eady too. I mean, I don't mean to minimize all of it to having to do with NIL, but the fact that uh, Zach Eady can go play in his home, home, uh, home ground, so to speak, in, in Toronto. That's a providence. They call it. It's a providence up there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a province. Okay, yeah. there you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, not a state. It's a problem. It's Alan was searching right. for the word. I'm like, yeah, I think we called a problem. Well, but, but I'm searching for words every day of the week. So there you go. <laughs> and, you know, Matt's done this with other players as far as playing games in, in of his players' hometown. So not the uh, first time, but just a bit unusual when we take it outside the country. But, you know, speaking of Zach Eady, uh, Alan, where does he rank all time in Purdue basketball grades? I know Robbie made a comment the other night during the game, but. Where do you see him in in the list of all time greats? And I know it's tough to say now because you know the chapter hasn't been completely written. But uh, at this point in time, where's he at? Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't know, and I don't know what, what Rob Hummel said because I didn't was able to or didn't watch the game back again. I was there, but um, I don't think he's. Uh, I think he is uh, one, two, or three. And if he's national player of the year next again this year, which is still a very much a possibility, I don't know how you could say anybody. You know, you know, I, I'm a big one to, to say Rick Mountain, Glenn Robinson uh, belong on that list, and of course the late Terry Dishinger for the old time folks. You know, John Wooden, but he's right there with them. And I and I don't know from a standpoint of getting a opportunity to be back-to-back national player of the year. And if, and this is an if, uh, Purdue could get to the Final Four and or win a national championship, he's number one. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, he also, I mean, it's it's within reach, right, Alan? The scoring, all-time scoring leader at Purdue, that's within reach for him. I yes. think if he averages, like, what, like 23, like he is now, down the yeah. stretch here, I mean, he can he can get that, that number all-time. And then, I mean, then it becomes really complicated, doesn't it? Well, Rick Mountain has 2,323 points in three years, uh, to Rick's credit. To, and no three-point line. And no three-point line, but he and he did lead. He and Herman Gilliam and Billy Keller and George Faber on down the line led Purdue to the Final Four. But, you know, it, it's hard to argue. It's fun to argue back, you know, generate or, you know, uh, pest guys and how, you, how they compare. But uh, Zach Eady, let's just say this, no matter what, uh, his place is secure uh, – and one of the greats of all time at Purdue, and probably uh, in the top two or three, no matter what happens. Uh, and and Robbie did season. say, "Big Dog number one, Zach Eady number two right now." So you're right there with it. So yeah, and I think that's probably fair. Uh, you know, Glenn Robinson, obviously different type of player, and and you know, it depends what you take into account. The fact that Glenn Robinson had him did not have a Hall of Fame NBA career, but he was a first overall pick of the draft and had a good NBA career. Make no mistake about that. The common misnomer that he didn't do that well. He was a very good NBA player. And my point is, is that I would, I, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, Glenn Robinson was as good a college basketball player as the Big Ten has ever had. And uh, they're just a different type of player that Zach Eady is. And I still think, guys, it, 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 they minimize Zach a little bit because he's tall. 
And uh, no, yeah, nobody would do that on no. a podcast no, or anything like that. You were afraid he's just tall. No, what? he's really good. He's a great team player. Uh, he's a voracious rebounder. Yes, he's tall, but uh, this kid has done everything, everything to make himself better. And he's really one of the great stories. If you think about uh, that and, and, and certainly in the history of the Big Ten and, and maybe in the history of college basketball. You know, he also played baseball and hockey. You don't hear people mention that really? very often about him. <laughs> I know. Never that's, heard that before. That's not those things. We're talking with Alan Carpet here, goldenblack.com. Uh, on the Hammerhead Hotline, uh, we were talking earlier, uh, Alan, about how, you know, uh, they come out of that game, uh, Northwestern, with that loss, really good response uh, against Iowa. And, you know, that uh, that loss, Northwestern, that's still a quad one loss. You know, Northwestern is a, a good team. You know, we covered why they lose that game. It's the uh, it's the turnovers. Uh, but what I do want to ask you here is, as we uh, get ready to hit the holiday break here uh, after this, is there is there somebody farther down the bench here where you feel like they, this is a guy that's kind of quietly contributing that people don't really fully appreciate right now? I mean, a guy like Ethan Morton kind of comes to mind for us uh, on some of those unsung heroes. But, you know, with 10 men in the rotation, I feel like there are some that are kind of not getting the props that they deserve. Does anybody stick out for you in that category? Well, I think it's kind of a rotating basis. I mean, Caleb First has had good moments, certainly. Uh and yet, uh, you know, I think it's a tough situation for it's really three or four guys from Trey Coffin Wren, who's not on the bench, uh, he's, he's a starter, but uh, Caleb First, Ethan Morton, Mason Gillis uh, are all guys that are that uh, are are have been mainstays of this program for a long time and and have contributed mightily. Uh, you know, I'll use Mason Gillis as probably as, as the main person. Uh, and he comes in uh, against Iowa and scores nine points in the first half or whatever Mason did, and that had double figures. You know, it, that's the challenge of, of it's the balancing act of having a winning uh, team that's a national championship contender, which Purdue is, and and yet uh, you've got Camden Heidi and Miles Colvin that you need to find some minutes for each game. You know, Miles Colvin didn't play in the second half against Northwestern, so – yeah, it, it, you know, I don't know if there's any one person uh, on those things. I think it's going to be a rotating thing, and I think Purdue fans and in their infinite wisdom will have to deal with the fact that somebody's just because Caleb First only played seven minutes against. Uh, I'm using this as an example. Tomorrow against Alabama doesn't mean he's out of favor. Favor. It is a matchup issue typically. Mason Gillis plays a lot against uh, Iowa. Better matchups. Or Matt Painter thought that was the case, and uh, he contributed. So. A storyline for this team, I don't think it's going to cause uh, problems uh, because I think it seems pretty together, but it's still human nature. These kids want to play, and there are going to be days when, when Ethan Morton's going to play four minutes a game or eight minutes in a game, and there's going to be games when he's going to play 20. So those, those are all things that we're going to have to look at uh, throughout the course of the season. And, Alan, can you remember a, a better job of a Purdue basketball team breaking the press than what we saw the other night against Iowa? I mean, they were flawless in their uh, – in their execution against McCafferty's uh, press he was running. Well, and, and Lance Jones has a lot to do with that. And, and Braden Smith getting into the year older. And, and But you just needed help. And as Matt Painter, I think, talked about on, on Thursday uh, about, you know, it's not that complicated, guys. You don't go backwards in the press. And, and you know, there was some data last year that was supported that wasn't as bad as, it was, as, as some people thought. But it was a, certainly against Iowa. And, of course, 
it goes all the way back to what 2017 when Purdue, the day that Rick Mount came, 2016, I believe that game was Purdue's leading 20 at the half or so and lose that game in the second half. Uh, again, none of these guys, none of those guys are still on this team. COVID aside, they're still aren't they? none of them 2016 are still on <laughs> the team in 2023-24. But my point is, is that yes, it's been a problem. Lance Jones is a huge huge asset in that uh, his confidence and what he does one thing we know about Lance he doesn't lack confidence and and uh, that really shows up in that uh, situation of breaking the press nobody has more fun on the basketball court than Lance Jones I'm 100% convinced of that fact it's Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com again pick up those subscriptions either for yourself gift them for the holidays they do make great gifts for the Boilermaker fans uh, in your life. Uh, it's a tremendous website, tremendous resource of knowledge for you Purdue fans. And with so much stuff going on right now uh, with recruiting, with this basketball team, football and all that, uh, you want to get uh, in the know. And uh, that squad over there does such a great job of doing that. Alan, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you on a Friday. Enjoy Saturday's game up there in Toronto, buddy. All right, it's going to be interesting, and uh, guys, have a great rest of the show. Thank you. Welcome back, Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, shout out to our buddy Nate Bear. Couldn't make it on with us uh, here today. Had a uh, had the old scheduling conflict here. Something came up, so uh, we uh, wish Nate the best. Hopefully, we'll have him back on next week. Uh, I'm Jared. That's Jeff Julik over there, and uh, we're getting you set here uh, for Boilermaker Basketball tomorrow, uh, 1.30 on Fox. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and Purdue. They'll play this one in Toronto, they're calling it the Hall of Fame Series, uh, an Alabama team that uh, just fell out of the top 25 uh, at 6-2, and two, thanks to that loss to uh, Clemson. But uh, the thing that stands out uh, about Alabama, Jeff, here is uh, early on, uh, they put up a lot of points. Uh, they, yeah. they put up 94 points on average this season, and they are shooting 50% on the year. So if you thought Iowa was going to be tough, this one – uh, thankfully, it's going to be played at a neutral venue here, which is uh, hopefully will maybe even this up a little bit. Yeah, you know, and the, the stats almost mirror each other from the Boilermakers. I mean, both high-scoring teams, but, you know, obviously the Boilermakers schedule has been much, much tougher than Alabama's. You know, Alabama's not played a, a real tough schedule. And, you know, they have attempted 228 free throw attempts, and the Boilers have attempted 243. So both teams get fouled a lot. Both teams go to the line, and, and Bama has done a lot of things uh, well, and you know they're they're led by a, a very good guard, you know, in in Mark Sears, who is averaging about twenty points a game. So, you know, this will be quite a test for the Boilermakers because it's going to be a, a up tempo team. It's going to be a fast team, and the Boilermakers are going to have to play great defense. And uh, you know, the problem is how they're going to match up with Zach Eady, and if Zach can get those guys in foul trouble like he does every team, every game, I think the Boilermakers will be off to a uh, a uh, great start in, in uh, making a trip home with a big victory. Yeah, the second-ranked team in uh, in points in all of NCAA play. Uh, that's uh, that's this Alabama team. Uh, that is uh, a little bit scary. They're second in adjusted offensive efficiency as well, uh, while Ken Palm has them at 70th um, in uh, adjusted defense. Might shock you to find out they're a top-30 team in tempo here as well, uh, Jeff. They like to get up and down the court because, you know, that's uh, that's how they score. So right there, that's point number one of emphasis here is uh, you don't let them get out there and transition and make these quick, easy buckets. Uh, you get there and you slow them down uh, off that uh, initial drive and, you know, kind of 
grind them down a little bit, force them to take more time to run offense. Uh, that's got to be point of emphasis number one for Purdue, I think. Yeah, you don't want the pick six, and you go back and look at their schedule. I mean, you know, they they scored 105 against Moorhead State. They beat a, a very good Indiana State team, uh, 102 to 80, and then they put 102 against South Alabama. So, you know, those first three games allowed them to uh, hit the century mark every single game, and they are certainly a powerful team. And you know, this will be interesting because they were one of the best teams last year in, in the country. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited the Boilermakers were able to schedule this game because it should be a lot of fun. Uh, national TV audience on Fox tomorrow afternoon and uh, great chance for everybody to see this Boilermaker team. And, uh, you know, if the Boilermakers win the next two games, you know, they're probably back to number one again. So, you know, great opportunity for the Boilermakers to lay the uh, groundwork to do that. Yeah, as uh, Jeff pointed out here, Mark Sears, their outstanding guard, almost 20 points a game, leads the team. Uh, Almost uh, a little over four assists per game, leads the team. Uh, 57% shooting percentage in 28 minutes per game, leads the team across the field. He's been uh, extremely good for him. So, you know, this kind of comes back to, uh, you know, guys like Braden Smith. Right. And and defense and, and Lance Jones is when we talked about the Northwestern game, we talked about the uh, he, winning that guard battle. Now, Purdue was able to do it against a good team in Marquette. Purdue was not able to do it against Northwestern. Um, and when you brought up earlier in the show here about uh, the common thread of Purdue losing um, over the last uh, like five or six losses that they've had, it's usually been a guard that just finds a way to go off against Purdue. So, I mean, he is the guy that 100% Purdue has to find a way to uh, to limit what he does. I don't think you can completely stop him. The old, uh, you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him. They need to find a way to contain him here defensively on Saturday. Yeah, and they, that's a great point. They also need to, to not foul them because, as we pointed out, they love to go to the free throw line. They're very successful. They shoot uh, what uh, they shoot 80% from the free throw line, so a very good shooting team from the line. And so that's going to be an opportunity. But you know, this Purdue basketball team is much more equipped to handle those kind of, of players now that we have Lance Jones in the roster and Cam Heidi. You know, I thought Cam did a pretty good job the other night on Boo Booey once uh, – you know, once that uh, Lance fouled, fouled out on that questionable call. Well, he's got so. some good – Lord knows he's got some size, some, some yeah, length to be able to absolutely. do that, to go along with the athleticism. Yeah, so that's always a good plus. And then, and don't forget about Grant Nelson. You know, he was hurt last week, but, boy, he's a 6'11 forward, averages 14 points a game, and he's uh, one of Alabama's top players as well. So he'll be a uh, he'll be a uh, task for our four to be able to guard between Trey Kaufman-Rain and, and, and Mason, but uh, hopefully they'll be able to slow him down and uh, – we need to get the ball into Zach and create fouls and uh, let us go to the free throw line and make some free throws. Yeah, where Alabama really it, it, they really accelerate is the the getting out in transition and coming down quickly and scoring, not really running through uh, the offense. They are in the mid one hundreds, I think, in assists per game, which should tell you that's exactly you know what they want to do between that and then you know uh, like it's like playing Illinois you know like Illinois likes to get that iso stuff all the time pass around all right well if you got it and you got the one on one uh you're the guy that gets to kind of take a shot and Alabama's going to do a little bit of that to you uh as well here I, I guess i'm just when you see how much they score i just feel like the defense is your uh what you're primarily worried about but you know you flip that coin there and you talk about a guy like Grant Nelson uh, this is a team that does okay rebounding, but it's very much a team effort. They don't have really a one guy that dominates the show here defensively uh, rebounding for them. 
Uh, if it's anybody, it's Nelson, but it's really kind of a, a, a group effort there. Um, offensively, I don't think Purdue has to change too much. I think the, the big focus here in the matchups is going to be defensively. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, when you look at, at their, their stats, I mean, they don't have a lot of players that put up a lot of points once you get by those two players. So, you know, the Boilermakers will do that. And the Boilermakers are only giving up 67 points a game against a very, very difficult schedule. So with some high-scoring teams like Marquette and Tennessee that they've played already. So yeah, Alabama's already up to 75, and that uh, strength of schedule is like, like in the 170s or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I think if the Boilermakers can play good defense, and, and I think that's going to be the key, they should be in great shape because – you know, the Boilermakers will get their points as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, come back home with a nice big victory and, uh, what, head into finals week, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, it will be finals week here. So then they'll, uh, you know, Purdue after this one will get uh, the week off. And then it's a uh, it's that uh, Saturday game against Arizona, which yes. is going on the exact same time as the Colts and Steelers yes. game in Indianapolis. Downtown so Indy will be a busy Good place. luck uh, getting around. Good luck getting uh, into a restaurant, a bar, or anything like that. We're just going to throw that out there for you. If you're traveling down to Indy, uh, yeah, good luck. And, of course, you know, Arizona fans that have traveled are already in town on top of that. I can't imagine what the room rates have been like down there. But uh, plan accordingly if you're going to be heading down to uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse for that one. And then uh, Purdue will finally be back the 21st. Uh, taking on Jacksonville, and then that's it until you hit the uh, till they hit the holidays here, Jeff. Yeah, then uh, a game after Christmas, and then we're back into Big Ten play, which is uh, crazy. We'll get into a little bit more of the Big Ten play here, but uh, before we get into that schedule, Jeff, I feel like we've uh, set a second tier level for the Big Ten, right? I think we did that this week. You know, Purdue is in that top tier, but I think you take a look, and Illinois is clearly in that second tier. I think Wisconsin is in that second tier. And then I would say Northwestern and Ohio State are arguably in that second tier as well. The problem with those two teams are, well, they've looked impressive at times. I haven't exactly played a bunch of teams, Northwestern outside of Purdue, but uh, haven't exactly gotten a lot of work in. Maybe, maybe I am just a little bit biased because I've watched what Purdue has gone through, and then I look and see, oh, you played one ranked team on a neutral court, and think that that's you know that's going to be okay. Meanwhile, Purdue is just doing that left and right. Yeah, and and the Buckeyes. I mean, they had a big victory over Alabama. They beat them by what seventeen points. Uh, so yeah, so they they've had that victory over Alabama, and they they're a good young team. And you're absolutely right. I think how you break that tier down uh, it appears to be how these teams are ma- are matching up so far. And you know, Indiana seven and one. I mean, uh, I told you they would get better, but then again, got a couple tough games coming up, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, so. uh, uh, the jury's still out on Indiana, but I believe they'll continue to get better. But again, that Maryland team is not good. That Michigan team is not good. Nope. You lost your one ranked game to UConn. Uh, let's talk after Auburn. Let's talk after Kansas, and then maybe I'll have a better idea of if Indiana should be in there, and then. You know, Illinois has got a tough one tomorrow against Tennessee. I'll be interested to see how they – I mean, you should be very interested in that one as a Purdue fan because you've already played Tennessee. You know how physical they are, and you know Purdue likes to be physical like that as well and with the size. How does Illinois handle that? I think you're going to be very keen on watching that game, which is in Knoxville uh, tomorrow, to uh, to see just how, you know, Illinois fares in, in that one. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm – I, I still think Illinois is the second best team in the Big Ten right now. It would appear the way that they uh, they look very very good right now. And then outside of those uh, five teams, I mean, you throw in Indiana, maybe like around six. Then does it really matter between Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, 
just looks all out of sorts. Rutgers can't win on the road. Iowa can't play defense. I'm not even going to start with Michigan State, Penn State. Ugh, the list goes on and on. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Big Ten next. We'll take a look at that schedule here, games you need to watch, and it'll be a big uh, – it, it's it's still a big week as they're getting ready to head into the holidays here. It's uh, it, it's not mail it in and uh, play the uh, Southeast uh, Texas State A&M teams like everybody else does just yet. We're not quite to that season. Uh, but uh, it is on the way here. Stick around. We'll uh, take a look at the Big Ten next. This is uh, the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. That's Jeff Julik over there. We're spending the whole hour talking uh, Boilermaker and Big Ten hoops. Let's uh, take a look. This is where we normally like to uh, check out the standings, and then we can also take a look at the schedule for the week, see what you want to uh, circle and uh, the good matchups. It'll be a big Saturday, but let's take a look at the Big Ten as a whole. There is just one 2-0 team as of this afternoon in conference play. That is the Indiana Hoosiers. I know that makes Jeff super happy. It's uh, Look, I, I think they're going to be better, don't get me wrong, but... They did beat Maryland and Michigan, and they're not, not good at all. At all. It's, uh, Maryland should be better. Boy, they look bad right now. Young is bad. Reese is, is not playing yeah. well either. The two guys that they're trying to lean on, and, and they're not doing anything. But, yeah, Indiana sits at that top spot 2-0. Uh, in the 1-0 category is Ohio State, Illinois, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. At 1-1 one one is Purdue, Minnesota, and Maryland. And then the 0-1 uh, teams. We don't have anybody 0-2, but 0-1 teams. Everybody else, Nebraska, Rutgers, Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. Uh, we have three teams that are 500 or lower, which is Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. So uh, everybody kind of wrapping up that uh, early two-game slate. Uh, I don't know how much you can really tell just yet about uh, most of these teams. But uh, like I said earlier, I think there's a there's a second tier that has slowly started to develop, and that would involve Ohio State, Illinois, Northwestern, and Wisconsin in that uh, in that argument. But uh, again, it's still a little bit early here. Uh, certainly, Indiana with their two and O conference record deserves some talk, but they've got a very busy week, which will tell us more about them, I think, and uh, give us a better picture whether or not they should be involved in that. Yeah, you know, and they uh, they got Auburn tomorrow, and of course Auburn coming off that loss to Appalachian State, so I'm not sure how good Auburn. They'll do that is. every now and then, won't they? Well, usually in football, but not basketball. So <laughs> it happens. That's okay. We won't. Uh, we don't want to bring that. Not like we're in a position to bring that up stuff anyway. So, uh, yeah, last night Iowa gets trounced by uh, Iowa State, ninety to sixty five. Ugh, can you believe that? Hey, you want a fun fact about Iowa playing Purdue? I I think it was it's seven times now. The last seven games which Purdue has won, what, like six of those, I think, uh, the last seven games, Iowa has outscored Purdue in the second half in each one of those. That's because we're playing backup players. (laughs) (laughs) No, that should just tell you something. (laughs) All right, tonight there is no action in the Big Ten because, I don't know, you're supposed to to do laundry or something like that. I don't know. Get your Christmas tree, put your lights up. Yeah, yeah, honey, honey, you know what? I'm not going to watch basketball tonight. I'm going to help out today. How about that? There you go. I'm, I'm putting away Friday night football. For you, how about or basketball? Just for you. Uh, Saturday though is a uh, big day here. So you got at noon. Good warm up here. Illinois at 17th ranked Tennessee. I'm very much looking forward to this one being played in Knoxville. 
Yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, two teams that the uh, Boilermakers have faced or will face, and uh, it'll be fun for the Boilermaker fans to see how uh, Illinois stacks up against Tennessee. Uh, Minnesota with a uh, what you would think is a mailing game. Florida Gulf Coast three and seven on the year are the Gulf Coastians uh, as they go into Minnesota. Hey, they got that win against Nebraska. I think some people were shocked about that, but I don't think people realize just how bad Nebraska's shooting, and they they just don't score at the they don't score at the rim. They just want to shoot from the outside all the time. They don't get to the interior. Yeah, if they're cold, that's going to kill them. And they got that great start, but that's a bad loss for the uh, Huskers. Yeah, that's not going to look good when you lose to Minnesota. One thirty is Alabama and Purdue. That game in Toronto, uh, which we've discussed at length. Two o'clock on ESPN two. Indiana and Auburn in the Holiday Hoops Giving. That is down in Atlanta, the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. So a quote-unquote neutral court there, uh, which is very much in Auburn territory. But what are you going to do? It is uh, it is basketball, though. You know, they're a football school. But, yeah, you know, the, the Hoosiers look really good on the front line. But, uh, you know, guard really hurting, especially with Johnson being still out. So we'll see if they'll be able to handle the athleticism of Auburn. How about this one? You get done watching Purdue? Flip on over to ESPN. Number 23, Wisconsin, and number one, Arizona in Tucson. That's exciting. Ooh-wee, Wisconsin. Let's see what you got here. And you got to root for Arizona, right? Because uh, you want the you want Arizona to be number one when the Boilermakers take, take them on next Saturday. We're going to rush the court if we win and beat number one? Is that how that works? Uh, I don't think we, we do. We don't do that? Okay. No. Uh, then 6 o'clock. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State is the thing that's happening at the Bryce Jordan Center. And then, uh, yeah, if you um, are just having that kind of a day and you want to sulk in a corner, Rutgers will head to Seton Hall uh, and play at the Prudential Center uh, in Newark. 8.30 is uh, that game in the Garden State Showdown. So, I think uh, it's neutral time court to turn right to there. The, uh, 25 days of Christmas on free form at that point. Oh, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Rock, the, the Prudentials at the Rock. Is a terrible hockey venue. Terrible. It's a dump. Devils, please. So that's a loaded Saturday, Jeff. Absolutely loaded Saturday basketball. Uh, that'll get you to Sunday. And uh, if your uh, team is not playing or uh, you've just sworn off the NFL, not that I would uh, think that there are any certain fan bases that might have done that by now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Northwestern will host Detroit Mercy. And I'm sure the Wildcats will show none of that at Welsh Ryan. Mercy is 0-9 on the year. Michigan and Iowa is uh, interesting, but not in the ways that you want it to be. No. No. Uh, and 6.30, uh, the second game in the Big Ten doubleheader. Michigan State and Nebraska is also a thing that will happen. It's a big game for Michigan State. They can't afford to start out the season 0-2 in the conference. Yeah, and Nebraska, if they want to keep things uh, lively here, they need to uh, hit some shots uh, at home. Uh, I don't know what's on Monday night. Do you know what Monday Night Football is this week? I don't. Well, you know what? You're going to find out because there ain't no games on Monday. You got to go all the way to Tuesday before we get our next one. Alcorn State, one and seven, heads the Xfinity Center to take on Maryland. And like we talked about, Maryland, not good. Not good at all. I I mean, they're shooting 40%, barely shooting 40%. Um, They don't particularly rebound well. Um, they're only putting up uh, under 70 points a game. Now they are not giving up a lot of points, but, uh, when you play Penn state, which went to overtime, uh, that tends to help and you're playing Ryder and you know, you know, UMBC. Yeah, that's going to help. But, uh, they're just, they're, they're not a good team right now. Nope. They are not. Uh, and I don't know, like Jameer Young should be better than 17 points a game. Julian Reese should be better, uh, scoring as well, but he is. 
I'll give Reese this. At least he's still rebounding well. He's yes, still he a, he's still a double double guy uh, for them. But uh, there's no cast, and when Young and Reese don't play well, or you know Young's been injured, uh, they 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 suffer here. So uh, at five and four, they got to start stringing together some wins to try to save this season. Um, they, they've got a, they've got some talent, not talent to win the Big Ten, but they've got some talent to make your life a living hell if uh, you go into Xfinity Center. But right now they're not flexing it, Jeff. Yeah, that's true, and we saw that last year when they were able to upset the Boilermakers. But, yeah, Willard has a, a big task ahead of him there because the uh, team's really struggling. Yeah, um, and then, oh, boy, 8 o'clock. They won't even put this on TV on Tuesday. Minnesota <laughs> hosts IUPUI. Oh, gosh. Now, Minnesota should actually roll in this one, to be honest with you. IUPUI uh, just averaging 65 points per game. They give up 76 they are barely making it to 30 rebounds a game. At least uh, they have a full roster now. Yeah, they got, and they're not they're not midseason asking for kids to come off the street yeah, and, uh, and play. Players they lost three of their last four in stellar fashion. Let me tell you here, they beat some. They, they've got one win here in the last five, and I have no idea who this team is. They are Clear, Cleary University. You ever heard of Cleary University? I've not. I haven't. They played two games all season. Uh, no, they've only played one game, and that was against IUPUI. They've okay. got another one coming up against Duquesne, though, on Saturday the 30th. Who is oh, who is Cleary University? I didn't think we'd be breaking down IUPUI basketball on this show. I, <laughs> I I didn't either, but you know now now I is is like a, it's a private nonprofit school from Howell, Michigan. Really? Okay. How many people are enrolled? Do you think uh, it at uh, Cleary? Six hundred and twelve. That's close. That's close. <laughs> Why do you bother? What do you, they just pick up some guys like doing pickup ball in the it's, gym and like, hey, can yeah. you put something together the so rec, we can have a rec game? Ball team. Oh, goodness gracious! That is uh, well, that is something. Uh, but that is uh, what the schedule entails. Sorry, uh, we went off on that little bit of a tangent, but I'm kind of happy that we did there for a second. So that uh, that is Tuesday, Wednesday. Again, most teams are doing final. Chicago State at Northwestern on Wednesday, and then you'll uh, get a game on Thursday, Jacksonville State, taking on Wisconsin. So enjoy basketball this weekend, I guess is what we're trying to tell you, because most of these teams After are not that, going to be playing. Bad. Yeah, it's good. we hit these holidays, we hit the finals, so everybody's kind of out of sorts here. Nobody wants to prepare for a big game uh, during finals week, that's for sure. So that's why these games get scheduled. It is what it is. Um, and uh, we'll just you know take it as a whisper. But hey, enjoy! It's a great slate Saturday, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it there. So just don't forget tonight, honey. Uh, I'm not gonna watch basketball Friday night. Basketball is off for me. I'm gonna help you out, score those points, so you can sit down all day Saturday and enjoy a smorgasbord of great Big Ten basketball. That's the plan, Jeff. And a great Army Navy football game. Don't yes, that. don't want to forget about that. Yeah. Love betting the unders in the Service Academy games. <laughs> That's always fun. Hey, that's going to do it for us here on the Boiler Basketball Show. Big thank you to Alan Karpik. Uh, hopefully we'll have Nate Barrett back for you again next week as well. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, we will be back again next Friday. Uh, we'll get you set there for that game against, uh, was it Jacksonville State? No, no, no. Or just against, regular old Jacksonville. Next Friday's getting ready for the big game on Saturday with Arizona. Oh, gosh, that's right. Here yeah, and I'm ahead. ahead of myself. Yeah. So we'll see you back here next week on the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer.